Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know, we grow up with the mentality that Jesus loves everybody and Jesus is tolerant of everything and everything is all right. Listen, no, no, the Bible is clear. This is shocking. Jesus says, I'm not praying for the world. I'm not praying for those who follow me. Those that there is a special unity with me. He's praying for them because they're in the world and, 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 and they'll still be here when he leaves. So Jesus says, I'm not praying for the world. Search the scriptures. There's only one place in the Bible where we find that Jesus is praying for the world. Where's that? Luke 23:34. On the cross. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Jesus said, forgive them. Said to the father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the only prayer that Jesus prayed for the world. Other than that, there's no example of Jesus praying for an unbeliever. The only prayer that Jesus can pray for an unbeliever is that an unbeliever will stop being an unbeliever and become a believer. Amen. The only prayer, let me say it again. The only prayer that can be prayed for an unbeliever is that they will stop being an unbeliever and become a believer. Jesus said, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for those who would later be endued with power from on high on the day of Pentecost. And here's why. Listen close. The well-being, think about this, the well-being and the eternal destiny of the unsaved world was directly linked to the 12 disciples. And Jesus says, I'm not praying for the world, but for these that are here that you will anoint and you will empower because it's these that are here that's going to go out and change Rome. It's these that are here that will affect the entire world with the gospel. It's these that are here that will be the vehicles to the lost world. Jesus says, verse 10, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for those you've given me and all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. And you could read this. All things that are yours are mine and all things that are mine are yours. Jesus prays, Father, bless them because they're ours. They're our charge. They're in our charge. They're our responsibility. Verse 11. God of wonder was there tears rolling down his face as his eyes, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. I come to you, Holy Father. Listen, this is the only place that Jesus says, Holy Father. Jesus says, Holy Father, I'm leaving them and they are going to be here. Keep them. Why? That they may be one as we are one. 
Look at verse 21. Jesus is praying for our unity. Jesus is praying for the unity of the saints, that we might be one as we, Jesus, and the Father are one. Jesus is praying for unity of the believers. And he isn't necessarily talking about an ecclesiastical unity or a church unity, for example, the Presbyterians or the Methodists or the Episcopalians or the Baptist unity. Jesus is praying that all those who believe in him and trust in him might be one. We are not to be one with those who don't believe. Listen to me close. We are not to be one with those who don't believe in the foundational fundamental doctrine of the Christian faith. What are those? The inerrancy of the word of God. The virgin birth. Do y'all understand how important it is that we say that Jesus died, that Jesus was born of a virgin? Y'all get that? That's important. Because if he wasn't born of a virgin, then he was born a natural way, and that means that he was a sinner. And how can a sinner die for a sinner? How can a sinner remove the sins of a sinner? So the virgin birth is doctrine. And if you don't believe in the virgin birth, I'd go as far as to say to you, you're not saved. It's that important. The resurrection, the work of Jesus on the cross, substitution, the trinity, If you believe these things, you're baptized into the mystical body of Christ. That's where oneness comes from. And that oneness can't be broken. If you believe these things, we're family. And you're stuck with me. Say amen. Can't choose your family. We are one. That's why I encourage you. Try to get along with people in the church now. We ain't talking about, look, Look, Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopalian, whoever they might be. Listen, whatever their church hierarchy believes, that's one thing. But we don't know what an individual's heart says. We don't know that in that group of Methodists that there are some people really truly who believe in the Lord Jesus and who really truly believe that he died for their sins, although the, 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 the structure of things is just kind of weird. But, but there are some people, I think in every group, I think there's a remnant of people. Is anybody listening to me? And I think there's a remnant of people who really, really believe that Jesus died for them. And we shouldn't be looking at them going, you Episcopalian, oh, you must not be saved. Oh, you Methodists, oh, we know what the Methodists believe, oh, y- y'all can't be saved. We don't know that we are not God. We don't know the heart. God knows the heart. Every person who believes that Jesus Christ lived as a man, was 100% man, 100% God, that he died on the cross for our sins. He paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt we could not pay. He died on that cross. Three days later, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is coming back someday. If they believe that, then they are a believer, and I don't care if they're Methodist, Episcopalian. Baptist, I don't care if they're Baptist, Pentecostal, Baptocostal, whoever you are. It doesn't matter. The point is, what is your heart like? And this is the unity. Are y'all getting me? God, I feel like I'm not getting to you. This is the unity that he's talking about. I'm praying for that unity. 
that all believers, believers in Jesus, would be one that they would understand that they are one and we're all going to be in heaven. That's why we got to try to get along here on earth. We got to try to get along here on earth because we're going to be in heaven together. We're going to be stuck together. And if you don't like me here on earth, I'm going to bug you in heaven. God knows I'm going to find you. That Pastor Rodney, boy, I'm telling you, he get on my last frayed nerve. I'll be standing right behind you. Hey. How's things going? He <laughs> look at that throat, isn't that something? That's wrong, look at that throat, that's something, isn't it? Of course you might not recognize me because I have my afro. <laughs> and y'all know my afro, I'ma have a big old pig in the bag. I'ma wear my pig, y'all know I'ma wear my pig. I'ma come up, don't hey, you know what? If the Lord let us bring some clothes with us, I'ma bring some seventies platforms. I'm bring <laughs> The 70s was cool, man. But we all are trying to get along here because we're one in Christ. Jesus said, Father, bless them because I'm leaving and I'm coming to you. And if I'm going to be glorified anymore, it's going to be through them. In other words, if the world's going to see Jesus, they're going to see him through you. Do you realize for some people, you're the only Jesus people will ever see? Somebody once said that people won't read the Bible but they'll read your life from cover to cover. Second Corinthians two fifteen through 16, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And to the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. My question to you is, what do you smell like? Write that down. What do you smell like? What's the name of your spiritual fragrance? Is it Grumpy Christian number five? Bummer for men? Bummer for men? When you get to work, do people look at you when you come in? Do people look at you? Are you listening? Do people look at you when you come in and they say, oh, man, here comes that guy. Man, man, he come in every day. There's always something wrong. You claim to be a Christian, too, now. Okay, you claim that you're reading your Bible, you got a Bible on your desk and a cross on your desk and a, a little plaque on your desk. Christians ain't perfect, just forgiven. <laughs> Sit back. <laughs> Sit back. Christians ain't perfect, just forgiven. So you come to work and people look at you and they go, oh, here come that guy, man, that guy, he always got, he always got something to complain about, always something wrong, always a problem, always whining and complaining, and, and you're a Christian. You're a Christian. And you, you know, well, how, you, how you doing? Well, I'm doing all right, and uh, you know what? The management here is, razzum tazzum, razzum you know you got something to say when you start going razzum-tazzum. <laughs> razzum-tazzum. Man, that's the aroma of death. That don't go along with being a Christian. Or are you the kind of Christian when you come along, people see you coming, and they go, you know what? Man, that guy, he's always encouraging. He's always lifting people up. He's got the joy of the Lord. Don't y'all understand the joy of the Lord is just strength? Don't you understand? Don't you? I'll wait while you clap your hands. 
Don't you understand that Satan is coming after your joy? Because if he can get your joy, he got you. So you start looking at, oh, I have what about me? Poor me. You're a spiritual Eeyore. What about me? Oh, me. Oh, my. Oh, me. Or you the kind of Christian people go, hey, man, that guy's encouraging. He lifts people up. You got a problem. You go to him. He, man, that guy, he, he might even pray with you. And, and let me tell you something about prayer. People who don't even believe in prayer, if they got a problem, they going through something, you tell me I ain't right about this. If they, if they going through something and, 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 and you say, hey, you know what? Let me pray for you. I've never met an individual, even if they don't believe in God, who will tell you, no, don't pray for me. I don't want you to pray for me. I never met one. Never. Even if they don't believe in God. Because if, if nothing else, they think, well, it can't hurt. I'm already at the bottom of the barrel. It can't hurt. I mean, I might as well. Why not? Let's pray together. Sure. Okay, now I need you to say amen. Amen. Don't let Satan steal your joy. You are the aroma of Christ. You're supposed to be. When you come around, people are supposed to, you're supposed to lift people up. Not when you come around, people look at you and go, whew. Whew. And I've often told you, you become like the thing you worship. Or I'll say it like this, you smell like the thing you worship. Okay? So if you worship Beyonce, you're going to be like Beyonce. You worship Katy Perry? Her father must be a proud preacher, pastor. He must be proud of that girl. Did y'all know her father was a preacher? Her father's a preacher. He must be proud. You worship Katy Perry? You're going to smell like Katy Perry. You're going to look like, you're going to act like Katy Perry. You, 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 you become like the thing that you worship. I remember that time when the Twilight series was out. And man, people were freaking out about vampires. You remember that? Everybody was into vampires and, and, and Robert Patton. Robert Patton. Ooh, Robert Patton, Robert Patton, the vampires, the van- Twilight series. Oh, we got to watch the Twilight. Gotta get- you, you become like the thing that you worship. That is why I always encourage you, worship Jesus. Because when you worship Jesus, you become like Jesus. You'll, be, you'll take on the nature and the character of Jesus. Jesus will be seen through you. Jesus says in verse 12, Father, I got to move forward. I'm backing up. Coming home, Father, take care of us, he says. Jesus is asking for the security of the believers. While I was with them, I kept them. This word kept means watching care. And then Jesus said, Lord, the ones you gave me, I have kept. Now that word kept is a different word. It means to have custody of or to protect. Jesus says, I've protected them and guarded them and none is lost but the son of perdition. The word perdition means waste. You could translate this verse. None of them is lost except the son of lostness. Verse 13, Jesus is simply saying, Father, I'm going to die and then I'm going to ascend to you and talk to you and intercede for them. But Father, I'm telling them now before I leave that they might have joy. God wants you to have joy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. 
for our light afflictions is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and weight of glory. Jesus wants you to have joy. And what he is saying to you is whatever you're going through now, even the worst of what you could be going through now is a light affliction compared to the, 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 the exceeding weight of glory that you will experience in heaven. Did you get that? You ought to be happy about that. Jesus said, I've given them your word in verse 14. And the word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. The world hates you because you're not of this world. Don't you realize that you're the odd man out in this world? In this world, you're going to find yourself in the midst of hostility and rebellion. In this world, you're going to find that the world hates Christ. And you're going to find out that the world hates you with the same venom that it hated Christ. And that world will seek to kill you just like they seek to kill Christ. Verse 15, Jesus says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. I have my, I have my margin. Why not? I do not pray you should take them out of the world. Why not? I'm ready to go. Where are my Christians at? I'm, I'm ready to go. Jesus says, no, I'm not praying that you take them out of this world. Because we need to be salt and light while we're in this world. Jesus says, Father, give them grace while they're in the world. And then verse 17 is one of the most beautiful things ever said on our behalf by our Lord Jesus. He said, sanctify, verse 17. Are you looking at it? Come on, read it with me. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This word sanctify, please write it down. Sanctified. It's the Greek word, you don't need to write this down, hagiadzo. And it means to, it has actually a twofold meaning. It means to separate from, but it also means to separate to. So you're separating from something and you're separating unto something else. It has a twofold meaning. How does that happen? It happens by the word and believing and receiving the truth of the word. The word sanctify means to make holy, to separate, particularly separate from sin, separate from sin and separate unto God and believe and receive the truth of his word. It doesn't say, listen, look at verse 17, saints, you have to get this. This is Christianity 101. And as a matter of fact, verse 17, chapter 17, verse 17 is memory verse for the Christian. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Y'all come on, say it with me. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Say it with me again. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Notice it doesn't say the word contains truth. At the men's breakfast yesterday, I was telling them 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 tells us all scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness sake. And some read this verse, all scripture, listen to me, all scripture that is inspired by God is profitable for correction, reproof, instruction and so on. All scripture, they say, that is inspired by God. In other words, they're saying not all scripture is inspired. Can I tell you something? That is heresy. That is dangerous. 
And it's dangerous because you are the one who picks and chooses what's inspired and what's not. And of course, all the verses about blessing and health and healing, um, those verses are inspired. But what about, yes, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution? Is that inspired? Uh, it, it is. What about the verse that says, if they hated me, they will also hate you? Is that inspired? It is inspired. You see, it's dangerous because you pick and choose what's inspired and what's not. And also, instead of the Bible judging you, you judge the Bible. Listen, if you're a visitor, real simple, Calvary Chapel Cary believes in the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God. Every word, every jot, every tittle is inspired. We don't believe the Bible contains the truth. We believe the Bible, what? Is truth. Y'all clap your hands and say amen. The Bible is truth. And you don't have to look for truth in the Bible. Just open it up anywhere and you will get slapped in your face with truth. Because it is truth. The Bible is the absolute inerrant Accurate, total revelation of God. This prayer for us and the disciples would sound something like this. Holy Father, give them a constant holy oneness separate from the world and don't let them blend in and don't let them fall back and give them a full joy in the knowledge of my love and your love for them and our care. Provide complete and ongoing protection from the evil one and all his forces and finally set them apart as pure and distinct as they come to know and live out the word of God. Look at verse 18 and 19. As you sent me into the world, we come in for landing right here. As you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. In other words, Jesus is saying the father who sent me is bearing witness. I'm not bearing witness of myself. It works like this. The authority that you walk in is directly related to the throne that you bow the knee to. Did you get that? The authority that you walk in is directly related to the throne that you bow your knee to. Jesus came into the world and sent the disciples into the world with power and exousia, authority, with his leading. And Jesus says, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Jesus, this struck me yesterday. I'm closing right here. Look, closing my Bible. Look, I'm closing. I'm closing my Bible. Close yours quietly. If Jesus felt it necessary to sanctify himself, do you not think it is necessary to sanctify yourself? We need to sanctify ourselves. The word sanctify means what? Set apart. We need to set ourselves apart. Now, how do you do that? How does that work out? How does that flesh out? How does that practice out? How does that walk it out? You walk it out by reading God's word. You're doing it right now, actually. You're in church. This is a good place to, God, I'm giving you time that, that your word might speak to me and set me apart and help me on this path of Christianity. You can't do this by yourself. You can't figure this out. This Christian life is, is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You can't do this in your flesh. God's got to do this through you. And you have got to avail yourself so that God can work through you. So when you get, get up five minutes early in the morning, what's wrong with you? 
Get up five minutes early in the morning and say, God, I'm going to sit here 10, 15 minutes and just read the word of God. That's all. Or with your wife. If, if she's still in the house, maybe she left for work or whatever. But if she's there, hey, honey, let's read the word together just for five, 10, 15 minutes. Then we got to roll. We're going to pray and then we got to go. I guarantee you, I challenge you. Try and do that. Do it for a week. Watch how your week goes better. You know why? Because you're putting God first. When you put God first, God, when you tear, take care of God's things, God will take care of your things. All right? You are, you are, you are uptight trying to work it out. God's already got to figure it out, but you think you can do it on your own, so you don't even go to him. And then you go mess it up, and then you come back to him and ask him to clean it up. I know I ain't talking to nobody here. I'm just chatting. You give God his time. Sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.